the guys from Ping, they've kind of shown me how much the equipment matters. I just love that I can hit any shot I kind of want. We're going to be able to tell some fun stories about what goes on here to help golfers play better golf. Uh, welcome back to the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. That's Marty Jertz. And we have Tyrrell Hatton uh, with us. Uh, I've been really excited about this. I, I find you very interesting, very fascinating. I always say you're my favorite golfer to watch play golf. So I want to start with this. If you were commentating on golf, what do you think you'd say about yourself on the golf course? Probably just along the lines of he doesn't look very happy. <laughs> I think just keep it very simple. Are you happy when you play? Not very often, no. Even when you're playing well? I'm pretty good at still finding something to moan about, so... But but you you... <laughs> But you seem like a happy person. Like you're a you're a lovely person. I mean, I've got a chance to interact with you a few times, but you're not a grumpy guy. You're not a mean guy. You're like a nice guy. So why is it that when you're on the golf course it seems or feels like you're a bit grumpy? Um I don't know, being ultra competitive and um I guess a perfectionist and wanting and yeah, I never want to hit a bad shot and um there's certain times in tournaments where it's it's more frustrating than others. Were you like that as a junior golfer or growing up? Or yeah. Is, is this kind of evolved? No, no, no. I was, um, I'm potentially calmer now, <laughs> like which, is, which is probably scary to, to hear. That is. Um, yeah, I had, some, I had a few uh, dodgy moments in my teens on the golf course and at tournaments, but we, we probably shouldn't go down that route. Have you... Do you, I mean, like you said, you're you're working on it, trying to improve. You're better than you were when you were a kid. Is that something that you actually spend time trying to get better at in terms of the way you feel on the golf course? Um, no, I mean, I think there's, as I said, there's times in a tournament where I can kind of deal with it better than maybe other times. Um, yeah, and then sometimes, like you know, we're all human and have a really bad night's sleep, and you're naturally just a bit more grumpy that day than um you typically would be so other thing certain things bother you more than they they should um so yeah my everyone has bad days i guess tyrell your, your game like i'm looking i mean like i know we talk i mean i know a lot of people talk to you about the way you act or look like on the golf course the golf game has been spectacular and i mean you've had 15 starts on the pga tour this year 14 cuts made 10 top 25s six top 10s you've had a runner-up i mean it's polished right now. Where do you feel like you are right now with your golf game? Yeah, it's been a it's been a good run this year. Um, this year, I've tried to make more of an effort off the golf course with just um, like training in the gym and um, yeah, trying to certainly on a tournament week be a, a little bit better with what I eat and and drink. Um, I think in twenty twenty, which was my best best year on the FedEx. Um, I know there was limited events with with everything that went on, but um, that was probably the fittest I'd ever been in my in my life. Mm. Uh, I was training a lot and um, sort of midway through twenty twenty one, early twenty one, that kind of really tailed off, and I sort of slipped back into um, not training and yeah, just things like that and. Um, so this year just made a, a conscious effort to to try and be better off the golf course. And yes, I feel um, fitter. Um, 
and I think that's definitely helped my golf game. I still, um, I still enjoy myself in terms of like I'm not super strict in the sense of I'm not gonna if I if I want something to eat type thing or certain drink then I'm I probably will but I'll make sure that I've I've earned it rather than just yeah. doing it for this just because you can. Um, so yeah, I think that's been a that's played a huge part in in how I've played this year. So you talked about 2020 uh, being very high up in the FedEx. How much do you, I'm always curious about this, how much do you look at your stats? You know, are you just looking at finishes, FedEx points, or are you getting down into strokes gain stats, different, um, you know, better or worse in certain areas and using that to improve your game or a little more just kind of going off your feel of, of what's what's happening? Yeah, it would probably be more feel. Um, I'd always be curious at the end of a, around or uh end of a tournament to see how i stacked up against the field um it's funny because i always feel like my I, I don't have a bad short game but then i'm a pretty aggressive player and i will miss it in some pretty horrible spots yeah <laughs> so even though i feel like i've got a, a decent short game like my short game stats would be horrendous uh, yeah because it's been like oh you're eight yards away which is pretty close, but you've chipped it to twenty feet, which yeah. actually it was, was, it was caused by the ball. It was kind of caused by the ball striking, right? You but, hit it in the wrong spot. Well, yeah, but essentially, I'm only eight yards away from the pin, so it's, I'm not that far out. But yeah. I've just missed it in a horrible spot, so now I can't actually chip it that close. Then I've hit a really good chip shot, but it's it's still twenty feet. So yeah. then I feel like sometimes stats can be a bit more punishing than and how than how you truly feel. Yeah, see, your your iron play, your iron stats a bit phenomenal do you would you consider yourself a little bit more aggressive than the than the average player in that regard yeah i, w I would say so um i think certainly when you're you feel you feel confident that that's the time when you should be sort of maybe more aggressive um naturally we all go through times where you, you don't feel as comfortable and you might be um a hair more conservative um but yeah i mean so far this year we've 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 played nicely and um i think there's there's certain times on a golf course where you have to try and take advantage of where you've positioned positioned yourself off the tee what about left pins right pins any more comfort do you do you shape them in there do you play one shot shape do you prefer left or right no one more I, over the other i never i never think about shaping the golf ball if i if i do think about shaping it, it generally goes horribly wrong <laughs> um to be honest i i've always um just picked a point and just hit it at that yeah. with with irons um which is generally the pin um <laughs> and then with with drivers with the driver um i've always had a shot shape naturally falling left to right and so i just again i aim a hair left of target um and i always try and score a goal i'll try and pick two points and um oh, nice. yeah and kind of see how many See how many goals we can score in in a round. I always found that that was quite a nice visual for me. Yeah. Certainly, what times when you play, if the fairway's like quite wide and you know you just need to sort of narrow in a bit better. Um, I think choosing a small goal is is always a good thing. Um, I always like the quote from American Sniper. Where he says, "Aim small, miss small." Yeah. What's the goal look like in your brain? Is it a soccer goal? Um not not so much it would just be for example like two trees um they might be five yards eight ten yards apart 
but that they're like the posts right and i just need to and that's like my visual interesting yeah i mean i i remember i was i was talking to paul azinger he told me when he won the pga championship he saw he was hitting at a barn the week before the pga and he said he would start it on the left side of the barn and it would end on the right he said the whole week he just kept seeing that barn you know and sort of think about the goal in your brain you know to hit the goal it simplifies the game for you i mean you're not thinking yeah. about cutting or hooking the golf ball it's just simply if i can hit it in the goal i'm gonna win well yeah i mean in um, theory yeah and it if you are hitting your goal certainly off the tee then it gives you confidence when you stand on the next one it is nice that the proving grounds we have the posts on the oh, yeah, yeah. fence in the back they're exactly 20 yards wide which is you're playing a major i mean 20 yards if you can hit a 20 yard wide fairway you're that's unless you're, you're doing really unless good you're wing foot, unless you're wing foot unless you're wing foot you'd be dialed <laughs> you'd yeah. be good to go we maybe we shouldn't go talking about wing foot <laughs> <laughs> you're you're one of, we'll get to golf courses in a bit okay, just yeah. you wait, just you wait. <laughs> um we i was i was asking some of the guys around the truck and they said that you pay the most attention to your equipment of anybody in terms of a ping professional will you come in here and kind of watch them build your clubs or what are you the most focused on in terms of builds when you get something new made or something new built um that probably stems from my my dad uh so my dad runs a, a business back home, custom club fitting and, and teaching. So uh, he's he's been doing that since I was, I think, 10, maybe 11 years old. So, yeah, growing up watching him always build clubs. Um, yeah, so naturally kind of, yeah, be in the truck and see, see how things easy, get on. Easy to hover. Do you have a spot in your house that you can build? No, I wouldn't build. I would um <laughs> quite happy someone else did. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. You've been a big seven wood guy as well, I'm hearing. Seven wood in the bag this week? Yes. I I think I've used seven wood since it's almost near the start of twenty seventeen. Really? Yeah. You're like an OG seven wood guy. Yeah, well, I, I copied Fitzy, I think, in, okay. in that sense. He's been using it longer than me, but um yeah, I I generally struggled with rescues. Like naturally my my miss hits would be slightly more towards the toe. Hmm. And so early on, I just, um, and going back earlier, like my natural shot shape, certainly with the driver and woods would be sort of falling right. So with the toe strike with the rescue, hmm. I'd always see it going a little bit left and yeah. that that's never a comfortable visual for me. Um, and so, yeah, I tried the seven word. It's, it's quite short. It's, it's only maybe a inch and a half, longer than my four iron yep um so for a wood that feels really short but it 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 feels like it'd be really easy to hit and um yeah with the loft it still it still goes through the rough yeah I really think the, well i think the length on yours is 40 and a half or 40 and a quarter so it's it's an inch it's over an inch shorter than like a standard uh seven wood i think that's a theme we're seeing shane with the with uh turtle and some of the players is High lofted fairway woods that are a little bit shorter right. and can manage the gap and then they, they don't yeah. go too far for you. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So it it always um it's always fitted in nicely between the four iron and, and the three wood. Um it generally carries around two hundred and thirty five, sometimes two forty. So it's that's uh yeah, that's a, a nice number for me. Yeah. Tyrrell, when did you go beard? When did you decide I'm gonna be a beard guy? Because I feel like I, I don't really remember you beardless. Yeah, it hides a double chin. Okay. Yeah, so that was a big part it's of like it. A disguise. Part of the decision making. Smart. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't you know? see. I don't, I don't think I'd see a double chin right now. It looks pretty sharp right there, you know. Yeah. It's that um, fitness stuff. I I think it was after the the Ryder Cup in 2018. I was like, I'm just not going to shave for the rest of the year. <laughs> Which um, Emily, my now wife, she was probably not enjoying that visual come Christmas. But it, we had some fun with it. It was um, we got some white beard spray and we put some Christmas baubles. Oh. So um, yeah, it was a good look. You have a photo of this. I do. Okay, might have to see that at some point. It looked yeah. good. Um, when, so you, so you're telling me you haven't been clean shaved since 18. Have you? Have uh, you? You hadn't ripped it all the way down, like? No, I mean U.S. Open green level or anything like that. No, I. Um, yeah, I, I prefer it longer. Um, yeah, I just feel like it. It looks better. I mean, it, I think I think you're you're a beard guy for life potentially. I just wish I had a stronger tash. The tash is pretty weak. You're saying you this can't grow. The DPI up here is a little low. Dots yeah. Cringe. Gets windy outside, it might blow off. <laughs> Terrell, you're you're um if you continue to improve year over year is quite impressive. What uh what do you think the key to that is? Like, you know, over the last six, seven, eight years, every year it seems like your strokes gain, your finishes, your world rankings continue to improve. What what is uh what's kind of the key ingredient to that? improvement um i don't know i mean i feel like being out here long enough now that you you get comfortable um and you having good results it gives you confidence in yourself that you know that you can um on on your good weeks that you're you're going to be up there and uh, giving yourself a chance to win so i think just having that experience and um, yeah, just feeling comfortable with where I'm at. And um, I said, now I know that I'm doing the right things off the golf course. Um, and and that goes a long way. Yeah. You, your win at Bay Hill, I mean, it was so tough that week. I mean, that golf course obviously always plays very, very tough. Do you prefer a golf course to play really hard than to play easy in 2022 under wins? Uh, I, th I think it's nice to have a the balance of okay. it throughout the year. Um, yeah, Bay Hill always is just carnage at the weekend. Yeah, just trying to hold on, just hitting four um, and five irons all day long everywhere. Yeah, but it's not even that. Like the holes, um, even when you're hitting wedge or like say even eight iron and and um, and lower, like it just they're still so hard to get the ball close, and it's so easy to to miss greens. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's nice to have the balance. Um, but as long as the golf course is set up kind of fair, then, um, then it, it's all good. Can, can you give us an example of like, when you think about a fair course setup in your brain, what tournament or golf course comes to mind? Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I guess in, in my mind, I, I would always... I'd always like the with par fives that if you've if if it's a narrow fairway, if you hit the fairway, then you should be rewarded with being able to go for the green. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, there's no point in I, I I I always I don't really enjoy par fives where even if you hit the fairway, you're you're laying up. They're just boring, right? Yeah, because um, then it almost feels like you're playing a par three because you're kind of all laying up to the same spot. Yeah, and you're in theory you're hitting the third shot from the fairway. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you do is 
if you do it the fair way, you're making your layup like a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, and like growing up, watching a lot of golf, like I still watch golf on, on my weeks off now. And I always just think it's boring if when if you're watching a tournament and guys have hit a good tee shot and then they they have to lay up. So um, yeah, that's just my view. Yeah, Gerald, uh Let's talk about let's talk about your putter and just things you like. You've worked with Tony Serrano a lot on on uh, PLD models. I think you've been part of the development of our Oslo model. You've played the Oslo for quite some time, right? Yeah. Um, and what particular little things are important to you in the putter? You know, even down to putting the grip on at a certain clocking orientation. Yeah, so I um, enjoyed working with Tony. Um, I've, I've used the Oslo since um, the first week in the bag was the Dunhill 2016, which was my first first good. win on the European <laughs> Tour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a special week. And... Um, yeah, I've basically used the Oslo almost the whole time since. There's been a few little changes in there just to scare it. You know, you need that. You need that sometimes. Keep them nervous. You yeah, keep just to nervous. freshen it up yeah. a little bit. But always, always went back to it. Um, and there was just things that I felt the visual of how I, what I would rather see. Um, we're certainly making it a little bit thinner, and the head marginally smaller yeah um but the big thing for me would be the sight line i don't use a um i never use the line on the ball i always use the the line on the putter to make sure that i'm hopefully aiming yeah. where i want to be and i think a slightly thicker sight line would just makes it easier um to to aim so that that's a, a big thing for me it, yeah. it's, Marty, it's interesting. It's, it's like we had Joaquin in here earlier and just the line on the putter thing is so interesting to hear two players that have completely different philosophies. Totally on different. Putter yeah. line, you know, yeah. because Joaquin said yeah. he didn't like the line on his putter because he uses a line and he said it would feel like the lines didn't match at times. And so for you, it's... it's yeah, I, I get that because certainly using the line on the ball, like from when you're reading the putt and you've got the ball down and you check it, it looks good. But there's when I did try and use the line, there was so many times I stood over the ball, I'm like, that's, that's way too low yeah, or totally. that's way too yeah, high. You don't, just you don't believe yourself. Yeah, you just can't trust it. So yeah. I just eliminated that and that's why I just went blank side of the ball and um, and trust myself that yeah. I'm aiming where I should be. Um, you mentioned your dad earlier. Um, do you still work with your dad on golf swing and stuff? Yes. Uh, yeah. has, he, has he been your instructor your whole life? Um, well, from from the age of 10, 10 or 11, yeah. Um, we've um we've worked together so um i took part in junior clinics but before that age and and things like that but yeah my dad's um my dad's helped me massively from from as i said 10 or 11 it is how much has technology helped that relationship obviously with you being on the road all the time and him not being able to travel you know week in and week out yeah i mean we we tried it a little bit last year with with him coming out to tournaments um and i think do trying to do work at tournaments never didn't didn't work that well for me um because i think ultimately you your off weeks is where you you're going to try and get everything you want lined up so you yeah. can then just go to the tournament and go out and play yeah and there was times where i think last year i i was getting a bit frustrated certainly on the range because you kind of just want like a magic 
pill and it just yeah. it doesn't work that way um so we just that was the first year that we tried coming out more to, to more tournaments and um we both just kind of sat down at the end of the year and um figured that we both felt the same like it didn't really work that that well and this year we were just he would only come out um if i needed the help and that gotcha. would probably be on an off week yeah um so yeah i think that's everyone's different some guys want their coach there every week and um you know always on the range and um i think yeah for me that would just be it'd be way too much i, I wouldn't be able to, to deal with that yeah you end up with too many thoughts in your head and golf's a complicated game as it is and um i think the simpler you make it the better the yeah. easier it is Charles, Shane asked you the question um, about, you know, challenging golf courses. And, and it it seems as if you, you know, play your best golf on tough courses against tough fields. What do you think it is about your game and or mentality uh, that's kind of led to that? Um, well, I think ultimately you, you want to be playing against the the best players in the world as as often as possible and um yeah in enjoying that competition and it gives you it allows you to compare yourself to see where you're at as well um and yeah like this year's been great so far i've played really nice in in the elevated events and um haven't been too far away from from winning a couple of times which is exciting yeah. and um yeah, hoping hoping my week arrives pretty soon. What's the most nervous you've ever been on the golf course? Um, that that there's two times that jump out. Probably over that two and a half foot putt to win at Bay Hill. Okay, did it did it have movement? Like, did you have to play it anywhere outside it, the hole at all, or around? Well, I mean, I c I couldn't believe that I managed to leave the first putt short <laughs> in the first place. It was like downhill, left to right, yeah. like from twenty feet. 25 feet wasn't wasn't really a nice putt to have anyway with how fast the greens were but i managed to leave it yeah just that awkward distance where you're like oh this you're like i know like i'm gonna this. make it but i also have to think about it yeah yeah well it's one of them if you miss the hole you've probably got like a six foot coming back and then yeah, if you miss that one you've actually missed a playoff and it's just a disaster <laughs> um but yeah i was i stood over that and the putt head was shaking um and i was like oh my god please just hold this and please don't miss because I didn't want the embarrassment of like you've missed a two and a half foot putt to, to win the tournament um I feel like that would have been quite hard to to deal with um but yeah another time was when I was 18 I was qualifying for the open at St Andrews in 2010 um at Ladybank and I knew that I was there or thereabouts and I was it was the 35th hole of the day uh, it was a par three and I had seven iron and I mean, my the head this was behind the ball and it was all over the shop. I was like, oh my God, I was so nervous. Um, but yeah, luckily managed to hit it onto the green for about 15 feet. But that was when I was, yeah, th those two the, moments were. That was in the local final qualifying. Yeah, uh, and I ended up qualifying for the tournament, which was, which was, was really cool. And you're that nervous. So that's 17, you're not even on 18. It's not with the putter. It's kind of rare for someone to be that nervous on a, 
iron shot, right? I can, I can, seven I can get that nervous. I can, yeah. I can get nervous on six or seven. I'm fine. Yeah. No, it was I just, um, I, I think I kind of had a rough idea of where I was at. Gotcha. And I knew the top three yes. players would qualify. And yeah, being 18, it was my first experience of it. Yeah. Um, and it's St. Andrews so, you're yeah. trying to get to. It's the Holy Grail. Yeah. And yeah, I think what uh, the confidence I took from that was the fact I was so nervous and I was still able to hit a good golf shot. Um, and yeah, I ended up finishing par par and um, yeah, we went through and play, played the open at St. Andrews. So that was, that was Amazing. really cool. So what's next? I mean, is your, do you lay out plans every year? Are you one of those people? I mean, you obviously, as I mentioned, have played great on the PGA Tour. The major finishes have been very consistent as of late. What is kind of the next goal in Tyrrell Hatton's head? Um, I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't sit down at the start of the year and set out like a load of goals that I kind of, I want to achieve. Um, I've always just had the, the mindset of, just going out each week that I'm going to go and play and and just try my best. Okay. Um, ultimately, you you give it a hundred percent every time you you pitch up. Then like you can't do any more. I think it's only if you've if you've not put the work in beforehand and you know if things aren't going well on the golf course and you stop trying as as hard as you can. I think that's when you can be disappointed, um, like truly disappointed in yourself. Um, so yeah, I've just um yeah, always just tried to go out and, and try my best. Um as a I guess a side goal, if you like. I wanted I wanna be in the Ryder Cup team this year. So mm-hmm. that's um I I guess a, a loose goal that I set myself, but it's it always seems so far away at the start of the year that you, you kind of don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. You just you just keep playing. But yeah. Yeah. Shane, I think we should maybe uh, talk to Terrell about some golf course questions. Oh, what yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we, we've we've heard you. I mean, you've bagged on some courses in your day. We've all done it. What does a perfect Terrell Hatton golf course design look like? Because obviously the par fives are reachable. If you hit in the fairway, do we have short par fours on the on the Hatton design? Um, I think, well, a, a mixture of some longer par fours and some short ones but then yeah all the par threes they wouldn't be any longer than absolute max would be like 185 190 okay. oh i love this course yep so like you <laughs> might be getting a seven iron dirty maybe on a par three yeah and that's to a back pin okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. we're not we're not going like 190 to a front pin. no no none no, of no, that no. no it's back pin that's, yeah, the that's gonna be 221 if you're playing the back pin. that's right yeah, yeah. um yeah. Blind shots off tees or everything no, in front of you. I, I always, I like being able to see where where you're hitting it. Okay. Um. So yeah, that would definitely be a part of if I was ever to to design a golf course. That would be. That Fairways would be are like like twenty yards wide or like forty yards wide. Um, it'd be wide, but then narrower in in certain certain places. Gotcha. Um. I think the par fives you could probably go slightly narrower, um, maybe not to the twenty yard thing, just as what we loosely touched on earlier, <laughs> when you can be best driver of the golf ball in the world and <laughs> you can't actually way. hit the fairway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I hit a good one. I go know where the ball is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mate, it wouldn't be too like thirty is a nice. I think thirty is a good number. It's a solid number. Yeah. 
It was like the Aaron Hills fairways. You mentioned healthy eating and, you know, trying to eat better during the week. What's like your number one cheat meal if you're going to eat something super unhealthy? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I would, um, I would tend to drink my calories. Gotcha. Um, so food wise, I, I, you can get normally okay, but yeah, I have a weakness for grape juice and, um, other things. Gotcha. That makes <laughs> sense. Anything else, Marty? Terrell, uh, how about that? Uh, I always want to hear the story of the, uh, was it the Turkish, Turkish Open uh, with a six-man playoff, right? Under the lights? Yeah. What was that like, uh, that, 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 a playoff that big? Did you guys you play know? in the same group? Uh, no, we split. So we did two, two three balls. Um, Were you in the first one or the second one? Do you remember? I think I, think I, was, in the, I, think I was in the first one. And yeah, I'm. It was fairly intense. <laughs> um, but the 18th there is a is a reachable par five, but the the fairway really narrows the sort of around the 300 mark, and with the the fairways at the time being fairly firm, you're kind of getting into the the narrower section, and um, it was a fairway that I struggled to hit for most pretty much the whole week mm-hmm. um and then the one one time i did actually hit it i think we had a, a mud ball which oh. was uh <laughs> which was fun um i ended up missing it in a horrible spot the pin was on the left and it was a two-tier green um sort of lower on the left hand side and rising up on on the right and i missed it long right and it was just just dead and i remember i chipped it across the other side of the green and then chipped in for birdie, which effectively kept me in the playoff. Um, yeah, I think we went, it was six, I want to say it was five or six holes as well. Yeah. Because by the end of it, we had the floodlights on. Um, yeah, so, you, yeah won, that, you, won, you won on the fourth extra. Oh, was it the fourth hole? Yeah. yeah. You played um, 18, kept playing 18. Yeah, just kept going down 18. Um, so yeah, flood, <laughs> floodlights on. Um you definitely didn't want to hit it offline because then you wouldn't see. And um, yeah, it's just uh, lucky that that was ended up being being my week. It, it, it's so, okay. My favorite golfer thing, I say this all the time, is the golfer memory. And I mean, just instantaneous. And now I know, I mean, obviously you go on to win the tournament, you're going to know yeah. what's going on. But shot, mud ball, lie, where he chipped it to. I bet he can close his eyes and picture the chip in. It's just weird. I mean... I probably don't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I guarantee you I could tell you a golf shot I hit in 2012. Yeah. Like the fact that golfers and the wind. It's so crazy that our brains work like that. You know, (laughs) it's just, uh, we're, we're weird people. Um, do how many people do you think you could name that were in that playoff? Uh, I just, I mean, I, I have the list. It's Kirk Kitayama. He was in it. Eric Van Royen. In it. Matej Schwab. Nice. Uh, a couple, a couple of French players. Um, Victor Perez was in it, and Benjamin Herbert. Herbert, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herbert, Herbert. I I won't. There's probably, not there's t- a correct way see? to say it, and, and I will not butcher it. And I haven't said I haven't said it correctly yet. There you go. But you, I mean, you did four. You did four. That was pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, you weren't in this group with all of them. For goodness' sake, it's not like you can remember everybody. No, I mean, it was 
what, four years ago as yeah, well. That's what I was wondering that if that's like the biggest playoff. I mean, how well? I think we had an eight-person playoff one time. Eight-person? Yeah. On the PGA Tour? I remember there was one years ago, and I think it was a Tory, and it was like seven or eight people. Yeah. Uh, maybe Allenby might have won that one, but, you know, that's, uh, that's always wild. Um, Tyrrell, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. Good luck this week. Keep killing it. Keep playing golf like you played. It's a lot of fun to watch. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having me. This is the Pink Proving Brown Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah.